Since 1993, Copenhagen Modern Furniture has showcased Austin's largest collection of fine contemporary furniture and accessories. Now at Copenhagen, receive $200 off any stressless seating or $400 off stressless Mayfair chair and ottoman when you donate $50 to one of our local charities. For more ways to save, visit our showroom on Breaker Lane or go to copenhagenliving.com. Copenhagen Modern Furniture, Austin's premier destination for everything contemporary. Welcome to I Love You So Much, the podcast about the people, places, and things we love about Austin. Our podcast is from the feature staff at the Austin American Statesman, and we're sponsored by Copenhagen Furniture. I'm Deborah Singupta-Stith, and in this week's episode, we hang out with our Austin 360 December Artist of the Month, Vapor Caves. Andrew Thaggard and Yadira Brown, the duo behind the group, create slinky club groups that drip with honeyed soul. But both artists have a strong background in hip-hop. We talked about how coming up in the ATX hip-hop scene shaped them as artists. So, you guys just released your debut album. Feel yourself. How how, how are you guys feeling? Tell me how you're feeling. We're feeling ourselves. We're feeling very hot, very spicy about the record. Uh, it's been well received. Yeah, and it, has. it also feels like we've needed to release it for our entire lives. So here we are. Yeah, yeah, celebrating. You were working on it for how many years? A little bit of time. Um, you know, we started writing a few years ago, but I'd say we took about a year and a half to mm-hmm. really put it all together. Mm-hmm. The full process of making the the album. What is the most uh, gratifying part of being able to share this with people now? The most gratifying part. Um, you know, Sorry. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go ahead and interrupt you because uh, Beyonce <laughs> had the best album of 2000. I'm, no, I'm no. The worst. So, so uh, the the way of the way a record evolves in the final stages. Uh, I've I've told you this before. I've made beat tapes, hip hop beat tapes, instrumentals my whole life, but I've never made a true album. And when you put real intention behind a concept. And seeing it to the finish, there's something just so special that happens in the final, you know, six months, three months, however you do it. And uh, it was very validating to sort of put true effort into it and, and see it come back. So that was my favorite part of it. That's exactly what I was going to say. So I'm <laughs> glad that you reinterrupted me. I have ESPN. The final stretch is always really, really um, challenging, but also fulfilling. You know, Mm -hmm. all those like last boxes that you check off, all the perfecting of everything and really making sure everything where it needs to be. It's like excruciating and it's like all you think about. And then when the pieces come together, it's such a relief and it's it's cool to feel really proud of the the finished product. You see me acting tough. Something's telling me to hold up. We ain't got a hip-hop, which was something I wanted to talk about because the first time I ever heard Yadira was uh, way, way back in the day. Uh, right. You were on some tracks that D-Madness did. Um, 
local legend, D Madness, yeah. uh, who was playing at the time with the Hip Hop Hump Day. So you kind of grew up in that scene. Basically, to a certain, yeah. That, yeah. You know, our common roots were in that scene. I That that was the beginning for me. I just totally fell in love with Hip Hop Pump Day and the scene at that time. Um, and, you know, it wasn't it wasn't like on the forefront of Austin music, but it was kind of this underground thing that if you knew about it, it was like this awesome secret. And I was too young to drink, but I would go to the club with my notebook and I would sit there and I would just write. I was so inspired that I would write off of their beats. So finally, I gathered the courage to make friends with a couple of people specifically D Madness and Bavu Blakes. And they were both, um, you know, on the like, well, what can you do? (laughs) Right. And so I basically auditioned like in a room, sang a few lines and, and um, I was invited to a studio session off of my musicianship, which was like such a great introduction to that scene. And um, sometimes I would show up and they'd like toss me a mic. And eventually I wrote some songs with D Madness. Those are Mm -hmm. the first songs that I actually wrote in collaboration with another musician. So, shout out D-Man. And so, for people who don't know, who are maybe newer Austinites, the Hip Hop Hump Day happened for a period of, I don't know, three, five years? I want to say five, maybe at longest, right? Yeah, and and it was right around the turn of the millennium, maybe Mm -hmm. 2001. It was uh, a group of MCs who had a live band behind them, and it was pretty much all improvised mm-hmm. they'd have some hooks that they would do but it was it was a freestyle competition almost mm. yeah that yeah. they would go they would go hard so um as you've watched that austin hip-hop has changed a lot because at the time they were sort of the people who brought hip-hop onto sixth street because mm-hmm. at the time it was not really in the clubs on sixth street no not at all it wasn't wasn't supported i feel like those were the first few yeah. major venues that yeah, it started to be a thing. Yeah, and I think that it was it was definitely a thing where um, them proving that they could pull a crowd, a lot of other clubs started paying attention and aversions that they might have had to booking hip hop there they saw the financial incentive of getting over whatever those aversions were. Mm-hmm. But um, but as the scene has evolved, obviously there's a lot more going on. What, talk to me a little bit about how you see the evolution of the scene. Oh, man. Um, you know, there's a lot, I feel like a lot ha- that has happened just with rap and with hip-hop all over the world. So mm-hmm. that has definitely influenced the scene as we as we know it here in Austin a little bit. But I still feel like there's this awesome, like, soulful, um, I don't know, just, like, quality to some of the acts that I really love Mm -hmm. from here, like Magna Carta's. Right. I love them. I love their music. I love their vibe. And that's not necessarily something that is, like, working off of the modern-day trends. Yeah. um, But is taking from, you know, different... Uh, eras and influences and genres and and you know creating this really soulful southern vibe that I think is cool coming out of here and um, a lot of new R&B acts as well that kind of melds you know hip-hop with what they do I feel like uh, Austin hip-hop has always that live instrumental aspect Mm -hmm. has always been a really strong part of it Mm -hmm. and I mean so Magna Carta I mean they're not from here originally, but I feel like 
when they and I know when they first started playing, it was partly because you know they could either do an open mic night hip hop thing mm-hmm. or there was band night where right. they could get booked. And so then they thought, well, let's have a band. Yeah. But uh, talk about because you, you did you've done production for yes. years. You're Boom Baptist. I'm Boom Baptist. Yes. I moved to Austin with my hopes and my dreams. With the hope of performing and living as an artist. I mm-hmm. literally came here with no plan except that. Right. Um, very stupid. Yeah, I was going to say, how did that work out for yes, you? Yes, really poorly. No. <laughs> uh, so, I, so I moved here actually as a rapper. Right. Um, I used to be called Thesaurus Rex, which is a bad name. <laughs> it's um, actually kind of an amazing and name. And, so. y- you know, yeah, but people get confused. Is, yeah. is it a dinosaur? Is he a rat? What is he? And um, I moved here and I met DJ Notion who's been mm-hmm. a, an institution in Austin Hip Hop for a long mind, time. Right? Music and Mind, Music and Mind events, yes. Still doing stuff. Yeah, still doing them. And um, <clears throat> I quickly realized I was a much better producer than I was rapper. Mm-hmm. You know, it's... Uh, was that an ego blow a little, or...? No, my ego's very healthy. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I, I think I immediately was gravitated towards... East Coast hip hop beats and not the raps as much. Right. And and I have a huge appreciation for MCs. But um he had a few events called Beat Marauders, um, where a lot of new up and coming producers who are still working in Austin uh met and it was it was one of the first of its kind for producers. And um from that spawned a lot of other you know, Exploded Drawing is a sort of mm-hmm. independent, experimental, also instrumental hip hop infused event. They became my family as well and um you know i quickly learned i could live as just a producer just Mm -hmm. instrumentals and i come from jazz background i learned piano really early in my life um but i had a true hip-hop love and so that's what it evolved into and uh and you know the hip-hop scene i have so much love for for everybody who's been running it so long and um especially the the live aspect like you said like there's something so unique about creating hip-hop in the moment i think like cyphers back in the day was the most attractive thing to me right like outside of the show you're at this dope show you go to see this artist but so many rappers are hungry to like do something on the spot Mm -hmm. so back in the day i wasn't even then i wasn't very good at rapping so i would beatbox and i would put i would put down the you know but much louder out of respect for the mic (laughs) and that would last for hours we would forget there was even a show. Right. And and that's improv and like the you know, just like jazz, the the magic of creating on the spot is something that's just so fantastic to me. So um I have a lot of love for the hip hop scene still. And I feel like it's changed some over the years, but back in the day during the hip hop hump day era, because the hip hop hump day was kind of the gold standard of Austin hip hop events, freestyling was kind of a necessary skill. It was yeah. necessary. I was talking with somebody else about this scratching and freestyling was like it, it was a prerequisite to even recording right you know like you had to actually be able to improv in the spot and i feel like it's slightly a lost art you know mm-hmm. like if, if you get called in to do a freestyle now it means something totally different it means you're going in to record to do a verse that you've written but it has the vibe of a freestyle because it hasn't been released yet that's lost and I, i'm a little sad that it's lost i still freestyle every once in a while and it's a sad, shameful thing, but it's one of the most fun things in the world. So He's not bad at it. He's pretty good. Yeah. I can only do it about, like, you know, cooking dinner <laughs> in the moment. It's, it's a high art. I have huge respect for people who can do that well. Dope written rapper, though. 
Thanks. Listen up, cuz you need to know. If you don't, here's a chance to grow. Laid his hands if you told him no. But he refused to let it go. He believes that the world is his. So he DMs to ask for pics. Quick to call me a bitch or slut. Got me thinking, nice for what? Plus, I'm busy every day. Taking care of me always. I can tell that he ain't the one, but your girl still had some fun. Listen up, cuz it's worth the time. First time having actual recorded raps, or had had you had some before? You know, uh, maybe a verse on an LAX track, right? Um, a little bit with Keeper dabbling. You know, right. it's a little bit of like a, a spoken word vibe. I can't even call myself a rapper because I can't freestyle. Right? Like I really mm-hmm. won't. No, to anyone. The standards die. have changed. That's not. Oh, that doesn't man. make you a rapper anymore. I, d- I, d- I don't. But she's. It. But she's no. an Austin rapper. So I mean, and that's, <laughs> yeah. it's different. Yeah. She knows the rules. Yeah. It's true. Um, yeah. Just a little bit. The first song that we made together is called "I Miss You." We released it as a free single early on this year, and. And that's just a rap tune. Like, I sing on the hook, but the verses are just a little rap about loving my dude. And <laughs> it's, it's pretty cute. But, but yeah, this is probably the first. If I had met you at Hip Hop Hump Day, writing in your notepad at the club, it would have been a rap. Even back then, it would have been a rap. That's I can't very believe. Sweet. I, I wasn't here. I yeah. wasn't in Austin. I'm, I'm a relatively new implant to Austin, but. You know, man. But right when he did get here, I think we we did do a show together. I was performing with Parking, mm-hmm. Parking, Mm-mm. Nikki Luna and Ibrahim. Um, they had me do you know a little feature on their set, and I think it was at Red Seven because like they were doing the hip hop shows at Red Seven, mm-hmm. the indoor outdoor setup. Mm-hmm. And um, and I remember you being there. Oh yeah, we didn't talk. We didn't know each other then. <laughs> you know, uh, it's it's one of the things that. I am most excited about about the way that the Austin hip hop scene has evolved, and I have a feeling you'll feel me on this. Is there are women now? Yes, back there in the are. day, there weren't really that many women who were out there trying to I'm do trying things. to think of one besides your crew. Jade. Do you remember Jade? Jade. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love Jade. Yeah, I yeah. ran into her a couple years ago, and we like hugged, and it was so great to see her. Yeah, she round. She's still an awesome. I I don't know, but yeah, she's she she's the it. one I remember, and it was. But it was a very duty kind of thing. Yeah, you know, yeah. there was a, a lot of, and maybe partly because of the whole competitive uh, rhyming. Yeah. yeah, the battles were a real big thing back then too, and yeah. but yeah, so it's been so exciting to see more women finding a place for themselves, and like you were saying, more R and B, more. Um, more I feel like the house I mean there's all these different genres that are now being mixed in that are you know a part of the history too which is cool it's really cool that all these things are getting right acknowledged and Mm -hmm. brought together and taught to people you know who may not know so you mentioned her crew. Who, who was your crew back in the day? Oh, you know, just my my crazy girl gang who would hang out at shows. For real? That was, yeah. That was, but you guys, I mean, you had a, you had a band. Firewheel was a For DJ. Yeah. These girls were like killing it. They what were, the and then we we ran our own website where we wrote about hip hop and what was stuff. It, what was the website called? The that website was called Sucker Repellent. Suckerrepellent.com. Yeah. So check it every day. Yeah, we um <laughs> we actually fun story uh, stole that name from Adrian Casada who uh, Ooh. 
Yeah, he had been because uh, he was dating my roommate at the time, and yeah. he uh, had been talking about how funny it would be to have a website named Called that. And we were like, "Well, actually, let's <laughs> let's do that." Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so that's sort of how that, I got that started name writing. Is yes. so hip hop. Yeah, sucker, sucker repellent. repellent. Mm-hmm. Like I imagine it in fact. Yeah, there was marker. there was there was a, a graffiti can. There we go. Yeah. So. Yep. So we all come from a similar place. I didn't yeah, know. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back in the day, back in the day. Amazing. But, um, so what is, so in on the song Endless Summer, as you guys rolled it out, it's about Austin changing. Yes. So talk, talk a little bit about that. Um, that just needed to be written, right? Because having lived here and grown up here and really over the last five to ten years, seeing, you know, the change just like totally blow up, um, from from how it used to be when I was a kid and, and just noticing that change. Not necessarily lamenting like it's so terrible, right. but, you know, what are we going to do with this? How right. are we going to grow with this? And, you know, kind of mind your P's and Q's about what this actually means. Like, this is something that's happening. I feel like that can be relatable to so many cities, you mm-hmm. know, right now. Smaller cities that are starting to see growth um, and change and all that comes with that. Deceptively breezy. Exactly. It's because you, you're listening to it and it feels like a lovely summer jam, but you actually are talking about the way that. And well, I mean, growing up here, you heard the term the velvet rut. Mm-hmm. It's a lovely place. It can be easy to live in and and really, you know, be really fun. But sometimes people get stuck in that situation. You know, they're not really growing um, when they're so comfortable. Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of in a way, is sort of sold to others who are not from Austin, especially a lot of people who visit during that lovely mm-hmm. couple of weeks season. in the springtime right. or during the fall when it's just totally perfect weather. Right. And, um, you know, there's just a thousand bands playing at all times. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? So, yeah, it kind of made sense that, like, it's this sort of easy breezy, like, you don't really think a lot's going on, but, you know, under the surface, there is a lot. Yeah. And talk about uh, the rollout for that track. You kind of trolled your friends and fans. Yeah, <laughs> so rollout uh, was presented as though a real estate company had stolen the song. Mm-hmm. That was the first part of the troll. So, guys, call to call to uh, call to action. This company, we don't know who they are. They're from California. They stole our new song, which we hadn't released yet. So that was already <laughs> the first clue: is that this doesn't exist anywhere. And we need to figure out what to do. Cease and desist. Call a lawyer. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, well, we're all up in arms. And then, sure enough, you're watching this real estate commercial, and it's talking about a multi-million dollar shack in Pflugerville <laughs> that you could afford. Or or this in, in uh, East Austin. Newly yeah. renovated. In newly East gentrified. Aust- newly gentrified. <laughs> That's right. And, you know... People were getting pissed about what the company stood for, about the fact that they stole our music, and then sure enough, at the very end, Endless Summer Homes, we're the key to the door, to the lock (laughs) on your door, and it's Yadira and I pointing. But the thing that's so interesting about the way that we did it is 
with social media, people don't read the article. Right. Or watch the video. Or watch the entirely. video. Entirely. Mm-hmm. So, so, hot tip, uh, Austin 360 and Austin American Statesman, <laughs> literally title your pieces whatever you want. Yeah. Hopefully, your fans and like viewers and readers love your work enough to actually look into it, but 75 to 80% of people just took it at face value, which is... And a lot of whom were like, Dear friends and like family, yeah. just ready to be like, no, like this is a bad thing, you know. And I, I mean, we love them for it, of course. <laughs> like we feel so supported. There's, there's two sides to it, right? Like we started the the dialogue about yes, gentrification and growth and all of that, which is like there's many ways you can feel about it. And then secondly, the the devaluing, you know, you're desensitized by social media so much mm-hmm. that you just. Everybody believes everything on the internet. It's wild. You know, like, look a little further. Look deeper. Read into something, you know, and then and then formulate an opinion. So, it was an experiment on, like, the power of social media and, like, how, um, I mean, definitely news sources just have lost credibility. Right. You know, like, anybody could write anything. Right. You know, so, so we wanted to sort of put that on its head a little bit as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but... The point really was for everybody to listen to our song. God, there's so do, many levels to that do. troll, and really, we just wanted you to hear our you song. Do, you, it was you a know. very, very elaborate point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, people get paid to do this thing exactly. Um, right. But we enjoy doing it ourselves because we could be really creative and laugh at ourselves, and, and here we are. You only get one life, at least this time around. It's like there's something keeping you from living. To only hide But it's been broken before Yet it always helps So you can keep on Sold out of your first run of vinyl that was pressed here in Austin. Um, talk a little bit about going to Gold Rush Vinyl. Gold Rush Vinyl is a beautiful facility. Um, it's there are these two incredible automated robotic. Well, one incredible automated robo- robotic machine, um, and you could watch every step of the process. It squeezes this vinyl puck down into a beautiful twelve-inch of vinyl and passes it along. You know, colored vinyl or black, on and on, and then it it just you see every step of the way, and there's so much care that goes into it as well. Um, they were really lovely to work with, and um, I think we just confirmed our repress coming in two to three weeks, which is incredible for us. Those uh, records will be in yeah. the stores, y'all. Yeah, <laughs> we promise. Absolutely. So, so we're really thrilled to work with them. So, and they've sort of uh, solved a problem for artists because I know it, that a lot of record pressing plants are really backed up. That you have to yeah. get your orders in way yes. in advance. Yeah, if you want two to. to three months usually, and I think with them it's about six weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, they could re- gold rush as well if you want, but I think the six week mark is just incredible for most people who need vinyl back. So I think a lot of touring acts, local for sure, but a lot of touring acts will see like, oh my God, we have this new Spotify single that popped and we're on tour. Gold Rush has been has been indispensable to, to a lot of nationwide artists, but obviously locally, they're really great to work with. So Yeah, uh, it's about time Austin had our own final press. Absolutely, plan. yeah. Fantastic. Everybody go work with them. 
So since this podcast is about what we love about Austin, can you guys each tell me one place, thing to eat, something that you think people should definitely check out in this city? Dart Bowl Bowling Alley mm. on, on Koenig, um, right across from which high school? McCallum High School. McCallum high yeah, school, which is, I went to high school. That was my neighborhood growing yep. up. They have these incredible enchiladas that they put on this piping hot silver platter. And they're so, they're, they have this Texas toast that you sop in it. But more importantly, the lanes are so old and beautiful. And um, Janet is this incredible bartender who will like, demean you like if you go to order a drink she'll be like don't call me ma'am damn it Uh, (laughs) you know call me janet uh just everything about that place is incredible so you could find us there every once in a while that's one of my favorite things about austin man i was trying to think of something the whole time he was talking (laughs) and and there's so many things because i've lived here for so long it's really hard dart bowl is definitely on my list all the delicious tacos Mm -hmm. and and even then like how can you choose just one place to recommend real authentic tacos Pueblo Viejo, Discada. What is your What is your order there? Pueblo. Mm-hmm. I'm an Al Pastor girl. Al okay. Pastor carnitas. Those okay. are my two go to tacos on corn. All right, guys. <laughs> so you heard it here. Bowling and tacos. Have yourselves a beautiful, beautiful Austin day with the two those two things, right? Mm-hmm. And you can uh, read more about Vapor Caves on our website, austin360.com. And uh, where where can they find you on the internets? thevaporcaves.com or thevaporcaves.bandcamp.com or everything else we're available book us for your parties thank you (laughs) and plug (laughs) plug 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 thank you so much for coming in to talk to us thank you that's our show thanks for listening and thanks to our sponsor Copenhagen Furniture Check out the Austin 360 Instagram and Facebook for more about life in Austin. And talk to us on Twitter at LoveAustin360. And please leave us a review on iTunes. It helps other people find our podcast. I Love You So Much, the Austin 360 podcast is a production of the feature staff at the Austin American Statesman. This episode was produced by Alyssa Vidalas. Our theme music is from local band Hardproof, which you should definitely check out at hardproofmusic.com. You can find everything you'd ever want to know about this show and its contributors at austin360.com slash loveaustin360. And if you want to pitch an idea for a show or give us feedback, shoot us a note at loveaustin360 at statesman.com. We couldn't do this show without you, dear listeners, and we can't thank you enough for lending us your ears, your comments, and your chilled out vibes. Until next week, we'll see you at the open mics working on your freestyle skills. Since 1993, Copenhagen Modern Furniture has showcased Austin's largest collection of fine contemporary furniture and accessories. Now at Copenhagen, receive $200 off any stressless seating or $400 off stressless Mayfair chair and ottoman when you donate $50 to one of our local charities. For more ways to save, visit our showroom on Breaker Lane or go to copenhagenliving.com. Copenhagen Modern Furniture, Austin's premier destination for everything contemporary.